Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I welcome you to a new episode of the podcast, Fourth and Inches. I'm your host, Brant Rocky. I'm hoping to get a co-host here in the, hopefully next episode, actually, so you might be, uh, hearing me with a sidekick here coming soon. So, we got some pretty big news to talk about, but we're gonna jump right in here. Talking about the Eagles press conference where they announced former Colts offense coordinator Nick Sirianni as their new head coach. Now, I've seen a lot of press conferences. We uh, saw uh, quite a few here recently with the Lions announcing, like, the Lions announcing Dan Campbell as their new head coach. He set a pretty high bar because, you know, he came out there, and I don't know whether you're a Lions fan or not, as long as you love football, that press conference got you hyped. He was talking about biting kneecaps off, uh, basically setting a new tradition out there, talking about how he was almost going to be a new coach, kind of, especially in Detroit, a new type of coach. Nick Sirianni did the absolute opposite of that. Nick Sirianni did everything that you don't do in an opening press conference. He stumbled over his words. He made no sense. Now, this is this very clear. Now, I did not watch the entire press conference. I pretty much just watched about the beginning, and that's all I needed to see. And uh, if you're a Philly fan, you're biting your fingernails, you're – you're not feeling too good about this hire as maybe you did uh, before the press conference. He, uh, I'll just give you a, basically what he said in a nutshell. Just kind of try to give you an idea. He said that they were going to put it in a scheme. Or, uh, excuse me, he said systems. And he said systems about 50 times before he finally got what he was trying to say out. And he said his system is going to be easy for them to learn but hard for NFL teams to figure out. Well, hell, that's a... I can't believe he's figured that out before everybody else did. Oh, God. Nick Sirianni. He might end up being a great coach, but he had us all fooled by that press conference. That was horrendous. That was possibly one of the worst opening press conferences of all time. So, Eagles fans, congratulations on your new coach, Nick Sirianni. Now let's move to bigger news. We don't have a whole lot to talk about, but we got some big things to talk about. So, we got Deshaun Watson requested a trade from the Houston Texans. That's big. That's real big. One of the, probably I'd say... Top five backs in the league, especially potential and where he's been heading recently. Definitely top five quarterbacks in the league. Um, uh, once out of the organization and once a new team. Well, if that wasn't shocking enough, Texas then came out after he requested this trade and said they had no intentions on trading Deshaun Watson. And that they have a great plan for him in the future. 
And I know what you're thinking. Well, Sean Watson might just sit out. He might just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm a, I'm a sit out. I don't care. You're you're. I'm gonna force you to trade me. Well, here's the problem with that. He gets fined for every game he misses. I believe over six hundred thousand um, uh, dollars. For every pregame he misses, I believe it was somewhere near sixty to eighty thousand, somewhere like that. In training camp and practices, I think it's like fifteen, twenty thousand. It's so, somewhere around there. He gets fa- He gets fined a crap ton of money. Either way, for missing team events. So, I don't know. And the Texans trade value on him, especially after the Matthew Stafford trade, which we'll get into. Um, uh, but they said that they will take nothing less than two first rounders, two second rounders, and two defensive starters for Deshaun Watson. That is basically giving up a team's future for a quarterback. So you better already have a team set out, ready to win Super Bowls. That's the only piece that's missing is a quarterback if you're going to trade all of that for Deshaun Watson. If you can afford to trade that, that you might. that's amazing. Because if you're an NFL team that's going to get rid of two defensive starters and still be very successful... That's pretty, that's, that's something. That's, you must have built a complete dynasty and have a ton of depth because that's very rare nowadays to have that much depth to where you can just get rid of two defensive starters and be okay. Also, don't forget about how you're getting rid of, you. like I said, your two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Okay. But now let's wonder, let's talk about where, if the Texans were to trade Deshaun Watson, where would they trade him to? What teams need quarterbacks? And that's a good question because, you know, when you think there's really, we're in an age where a lot a lot of teams have very good quarterbacks. But the, trust me, there are still teams that need them. For example, the Patriots. The New England Patriots need a quarterback very bad. Cam Newton's not going to cut it. Cam Newton is not going to cut it. He has proven to me that he is just not a good quarterback unless that he pretty much – he is the perfect example of somebody that got by with his athleticism. For many years, and then as he's aged, and it's not necessarily gone away, but maybe diminished diminished a little bit. And he's had to rely more on his intelligence and his, I guess you call it skills of being a quarterback. You have seen that his play has diminished. That's fair to say his play has diminished because now instead of being able to have team, he can still scramble. Don't get me wrong, he can still scramble. Just as good as just about any quarterback in the NFL. But it's not what it used to be. And it's not as teams figured him out. He's not as much of a threat as he once was, especially during that MVP season. He's not MVP Cam anymore. And I don't think he really necessarily has the potential to be MVP Cam again. That's just my opinion on that. 
And uh, so I think New England needs a quarterback. The Colts need a quarterback pretty bad. They got Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's a solid uh, backup. He's really a starter. He hasn't really got a shot, though, either. He had one season with the Colts, and he did. He held his own. And uh, I just think, though, that the Colts really could use a, a franchise quarterback. And they already have a great team. They already have a great team. They're just now missing that quarterback situation, especially after Philip Rivers retired. And I don't think it wouldn't have helped anybody if Philip Rivers stayed another year. But Jacoby Brissett's one year, he, he did start. He uh, had a couple years where he's played the majority of the years. So in uh, 2017, he played, I think that was the year Andrew Luck was injured, and he was 270, or he was 469 for 276, 58.8 completion percentage. Um, uh, 13 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Not terrible. And a QBR of 81.7. That's not great, especially in today's NFL. Um, uh, next year, he really got a lot of playing time was in the 2019 season. He started 15 games, was 272 for 447. Uh, completion percentage of 60.9%. 2,942 yards, 18 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. That's pretty good touchdown to turn ratio. That's 3-1. to one. And uh, QBR was 88. That's pretty average, not below average. About average right there. Like, that's not going to kill you. That's not going to win you games, so that's for sure. So they definitely, I'd say the Colts need to look into the quarterback situation. I think Sean wants to be a great fit. But I don't think they have that, like, I don't think, I don't think any team can afford to give up that much. To, to get Deshaun Watson. As good as he is, I think any player to me is worth that much. That you would give up four picks in the first two rounds of the draft and two defensive starters. There's no quarterback, there's no player in the league that's worth that to me. That's honestly maybe has ever played. That's worth that to me. So, yeah, I think the Texans are going to try to hold on to Sean Watson for as long as he can. And if they do trade him, I if, I don't think any team's going to give him two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and two defense starters. And if they do, I would like to see the team they have after that. And what kind of future that team has after that. Also, another team to throw out there that needs a quarterback, the 49ers. 49ers. Jimmy G was a cute experiment. And I thought this along. As soon as they signed him, Jimmy G was going to be a bust. Jimmy G was just not going to work out. And I had a feeling about that as soon as they signed him. I think that the Belichick system is real. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not. Whether Brady did benefit from it, but Brady's obviously has proven in Bruce Arians' offense that he's a good quarterback, which he is. I'm not ever going to argue that. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. However, I do believe.
believe that he did benefit from the Belichick offense, and I think Belichick benefited from Brady. But that Belichick offense, Jimmy G look good. It has made others look good. It made uh, Jacoby Brissett even look good. It has made it, um uh it has made it made a uh, I think it was Matt Castle quarterback the year that Tom Brady got hurt and they went ten and six and I believe that was twenty oh seven or twenty oh eight and the Belichick system is a good system they just need the quarterback to run it and so I think Jimmy G is very much benefit from the Belichick system. And I think that now it's time for the 49ers, and of course I already, know, I already said this, but the Patriots, to move on to better, to newer and better things, whereas the Patriots have Cam Newton, and whereas the 49ers have Jimmy G. Moving on, let's talk Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has finally done something that many great, many Good players from Detroit have never been able to do. He's accomplished. He has gotten out of Detroit. He has uh, found an escape in L.A. and has been granted granted freedom to the Rams. I was shocked by this only because the Lions have wasted many careers. They have wasted Calvin Johnson's career. They have wasted Barry Sanders' career. And they and they wasted. A lot of the good years of Matthew Stafford. I think there's still a lot of good luck in Matthew Stafford, though. He's 31 years old, I believe. And uh, still has a lot of football left in him. I think he could you get a good line in front of him and keep him semi-injury free for as long as you can. Excuse me, Matthew Stafford is 32 years of age, almost 33. He'll turn 33 on February 7th, so about six days from this spot from when this is posted, but, uh, so, Matthew Stafford still has a lot of good football left, especially, he has a good five, six years left in him, I'd say, considering how quarterbacks are playing nowadays, and how they're able to, if they take care of their bodies, they're able to last longer, and I think Matthew Stafford can last longer, even though he has suffered some injuries, uh, throughout his career thus far. I think that if he can be uh injury free for the for a while, I think he can lie I think he can lie up. Matthew Stafford has a great arm and Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback. He has just been suffocated in Detroit and nobody's been able to win in Detroit. Detroit is just a dead place. You can't win in Detroit. Like I'm not saying they'll never win because eventually you gotta think the odds are they Detroit's eventually gonna have a team that's gonna be halfway decent. And so now let's talk about what the Lions gave up. Or excuse me, the Rams gave up and sent to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. They gave up a first round pick in twenty twenty two and in twenty twenty three, a third round pick in twenty twenty one, and Jared Goff. So it's not like Detroit didn't get anything from this. They got Jared. Jared Goff's a solid quarterback. He's made it to the Super Bowl. He can win games. I think he's very. He's greatly benefited from Sean McVay's uh, 
offense and his uh, playbook and stuff like that. But I still think he's a good quarterback, and I think that he – I would call him – I'd call him an average quarterback that can win games. And uh, I just think that they just have to figure out what they want to do moving forward. Detroit does. And uh, hopefully they can use those first-round picks and that third-round pick and they can finally build something in Detroit. But that's that's just wishful thinking. I think uh, Jared Goff was happy about the move, though. He said that he's finally he's grateful to be somewhere that finally appreciates him. So I wonder if there was some bad blood there in the Rams organization towards the end, or if he just didn't get it, didn't enjoy his time with the Rams, or he didn't get along with the fan base. I'm not for sure, but I think that this is a good move for both Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff wanted out of L.A., and I think Matthew Stafford. It's uh wanted out of Detroit, and I think that's good for and that's great for Matthew Stafford. We'll see how it turns out for Jared Goff, but for Matthew Stafford, his future's got a lot brighter. Sean McVay's offense is a uh, very uh quarterback friendly offense. Works off of play actions, things like that. Uh, I think Matthew Stafford will greatly benefit from uh being in uh being with Sean McVay, and I think it's gonna be fun to see how that turns out. So, like I said, there's not a ton to talk about. We're just going to get right into it. This is Super Bowl week, ladies and gentlemen. So, we're going to start off with some Super Bowl predictions. We have a rematch from a matchup that happened earlier this year. Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. In the regular season matchup, you saw the Chiefs win 27-24. And, honestly, the score is a lot closer than what the game was. Chiefs were dominating. It felt... If you watch the game, you know that it felt like the Chiefs were never really in jeopardy of losing that game. They were up twenty-seven to ten in the in the fourth quarter with twelve forty-five remaining, and then the Buccaneers made a co- scored a couple touchdowns and made it look a little better than what it was. But it really was never a great game, and. Uh, like I said, score made it look a lot closer than what it was. Um, uh, if you if anybody who watched this game, if you watched this game, you remember that Tyree Kill absolutely went and just went berserk. Had 13 receptions for 269 yards and three touchdowns. I was lucky enough to have Tyree Kill on my fantasy team this week, and thank goodness I did. Because I'm pretty, if I remember correctly, he won me my game this week that week and uh Tyree Kill uh hopefully the Buccaneers have figured out a way to uh um, uh, slow down Tyree Kill and it's really hard to stop this offense of the Kansas City Chiefs um uh can't really play zone because Patrick Mahomes will just pick you apart pick you apart uh can't really play man because uh there's too much speed on that team to play man. And if you play man, like, you can't cover Tyreek Kill on man coverage. Uh, it's really – and then you got Travis Kelsey, you got Sammy Watkins. You, there's so much to look out for. They got Le'Veon Bell, who's no slouch. Uh, Clyde Edwards, a layer. Of course, Patrick Mahomes. But, like, it's just so many weapons that you have to look out for. It's very difficult to beat this – Chiefs team, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the 
Buccaneers, because I think Tom Brady and the Buccaneers have showed, especially the past few weeks, that they're playing their best football right now. And uh, especially Tom Brady, he's really starting to show what he's capable of, and he's get, he's gotten better, honestly, every week since uh, probably this Kansas City Chiefs loss. He's shown improvement and just gotten better. Because early in the season, Tom Brady was kind of looking like it wasn't looking. It just wasn't looking like old Brady, but it has gotten a lot better. Um, uh, and he's played a lot better. It's gonna be very interesting to see how this game plays out. Um, uh, um, uh, it's really depending on how I think the Buccaneers front seven plays. I think that's really gonna be a big determining factor on who wins this game. Uh, if they're able to get pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes. But here's an interesting stat line. Um, uh, even if you do get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and say you blitz the crap out of him and Tom, or excuse me, Patrick Mahomes this season against the Blitz has thrown 17 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That is an incredible stat line. Patrick Mahomes also is 7-0 has more than 10 days to prepare for a game. I would hate to bet against Tom Brady, though. I keep saying this, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are outstanding, especially on paper. They have Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, who's playing his best football right now. They have Rob Gronkowski, one of the, if not the greatest, tight end of all time. They have Chris Godwin, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Mike Evans, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Ronald Jones, a very solid running back. Leonard Fournette, Fournette, another solid running back. They have a lot of weapons, a lot of good players. There's no reason why Tampa Bay can't beat the Chiefs either. I do. If I have to give a prediction right now, I have as much of a hard time as I have betting against Brady in the Super Bowls because I don't – because you can't bet against Brady. It's hard, but – at the same time, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes, and I'm just going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs team. And if they win this Super Bowl, I, 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 they might three-peat. If Pat, Patrick Mahomes, and they, if they can stick together and keep this team together, they might three-peat if they can win this Sunday because I don't see this team slowing down unless injuries get in the way. And if injuries get in the way, that's one thing, but if they – can stay healthy, have their key players stay healthy, then which they've been fairly blessed so far to have, then I'd say watch out for this Kansas City Chiefs team because I think they've built a dynasty that you can almost compare to the New England Patriots, if not better than the New England Patriots dynasty. Whether it lasts as long, which is, I think, is, uh, the greatest thing about the, the New England Patriots dynasty is how long it lasted. Because it really, like, you got to remember, it started, I think Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl in 01. Let me double check that real quick for you. Um, uh, I believe it was 01. 2002. 2002, it was a 2001 season, is what I was thinking. Um, uh, 2002 was when Tom Brady won his first ever Super Bowl. So from 2002, that's when the dynasty started, to about 20, till 2019. 17 years of greatness. 
that 17 years of greatness Tom Brady and the New England Patriots had. And that's that, that will never be matched, I don't think, where you have 17 years of where you're consistently one of the best football teams in the league. But it doesn't matter if you win six rings in 17 years or if you or if you win six rings in 10 years. All that matters is that you won six rings. The longevity of it is amazing, but it means a lot more if you win six rings. All that matters is you won six rings. And it'd be a lot more impressive if you won six in 10 years than if you won six in 17. Even though it doesn't mean you're around for that long and you're able to stay good for that long, which is incredible. But still, six in 10 years, which I'm just saying is the potential of this Kansas City Chiefs team, as long as they can keep Patrick Mahomes and keep at least a a decent receiving staff around him and a decent defense and let him do the rest. And, of course, a decent O-line. That's how great Patrick Mahomes is. And, of course, I think Tyree Kill, obviously he's benefited from having one of the best wide receivers and probably and the best tight end in the league right now on his team. But this Kansas City Chiefs team and Andy Reid have built a crazy team, and I think that you just got to watch out for them for years to come. And I think they win this Sunday, and I think they win in convincing fashion. But I could be dead wrong because again, you're playing the goat. You're playing Tom Brady, and you net and Tom Brady. Like I said, I hate picking this game, but if I'm picking with what I think, I think the Chiefs are that much better than the field. I think the Chiefs are that much better than the rest of the NFL. It, but thing is, I don't think the Buccaneers have played their best game yet. So if they go out and play their best football game, and the Chiefs played their best football game, I think that is going to be, it could equal to be one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Because I think they'll both be, I think it'd just be a shootout. But I think the defenses can also get involved. I think both defenses have the potential of making stops. So I think it could be, it could be a very, I think the Super Bowl could be a very good football game. Very entertaining. Compared to what we have been seeing especially uh just in the past few years especially uh last year's Super Bowl was uh it was entertaining but it wasn't that entertaining it was kind of yeah it showed a great comeback by the Chiefs and that was awesome but at the same time it was like 49ers, 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 Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. It was never a back and forth, back and forth kind of game. It was all 49ers for, of course, uh, it was 7-3 at the end of the first. Halftime was 10-10. But the 49ers were really playing well. They were up 20-10 to 10 going to the fourth. And then the Chiefs went on a 21-0 run and won 31-20. It was it, it was never it always felt like one side had the upper hand. It was never like, oh, it's going back and forth. This is evenly matched. It was always felt like once it was the 49ers had the upper side at one point, then it was the end up being the Chiefs and it was it was an okay game, not a great game. Uh but twenty eighteen Super Bowl saw Eagle 
the Eagles versus Patriots. Um, uh, 2019, that's the one I was thinking of. The past two years, Super Bowls have been horrendous. 2019 was the Rams versus Patriots, and that's how the Rams lose. And the Patriots win 13-3. to This was the most boring Super Bowl I have seen in my entire life. It was three to nothing going to halftime Patriots. It was three to three going into the fourth, and the Patriots somehow magically scored ten points in the fourth quarter. And it was thirteen to three. So twenty eighteen I will say with the Eagles and Patriots, that was a fantastic Super Bowl. Nick Foles was able to bring Philadelphia their first Super Bowl, and that was a great Great Super Bowl. But the it was followed up by a crap show with the Rams and Patriots the following year. And the year after that, you saw the 49ers and Chiefs, and that game was just kind of boring. And I, I don't think – I know I just was not interested in really watching that. And I, I watched the whole game, but it never really felt like much of a game to me. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm a – so yeah, I think. Uh, but as for the, I think this Super Bowl matchup, the matchup itself being Brady versus Mahomes, it makes it a lot more entertaining than the past couple. Whereas I was not invested in the Patriots versus the Rams, like Brady versus Golf. Who cares? Um, uh, Garoppolo versus Mahomes. Uh, that's not even a matchup, really. It was really Mahomes versus the 49ers defense, and Mahomes puts up 31 points. Whether it was 21 coming in the fourth or 21 coming in the first, he put up 21 points in one quarter. And I, he had like a bum ankle, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. And either way, this game was terrible. 49ers Chiefs game really was not great. And I think this year's Super Bowl, if it lives up to the hype, could be one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Well, that's all. I think there's, I think there's, that's all that's left to say. Final prediction: I have the rant or the excuse me, uh, Chiefs beating the Buccaneers. If I had to make a prediction of what I think the final score would be, I'm gonna just throw that out there. I'm gonna go thirty-eight. I'm gonna go. 41-31 Chiefs. That's my final. Now, like I said, it could end up being a little bit lower scoring of a game than what I'm thinking because of the Buccaneers' defense being able to stop Mahomes better than what I'm thinking. But if they can't figure out even to, uh, to stop, if they can't figure out to stop Tyree Kale, then I think it's going to bring up real problems for the Buccaneers. Well. I guess that's all there's left to say. Until next time, this has been Brent Rocky saying if it's fourth and inches, you better go for it. Good night.